0: Hello and welcome to The Mentor, I'm Mark Boris. Now before I get into this, I want to let you know about something exciting that's coming up early next year, I think it's late February, it's called The Mentor Masterclass. If you're listening because you own a business or just have a bloody brilliant idea, come along to this fantastic live event. I'm really excited about it, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and it's finally happening and it's going to be suited to anyone at any stage of business anyone at any stage in your journey. The link is in the podcast description, so make sure you go and check it out. Now, so this week, I'm joined by Craig West. Now, Craig is the CEO of my business called mentored.com.au. Craig joined the Mentored team early this year and since then has led the team to where it is right now. We've done a shitload of exciting stuff. We've taken it from just being a TV show to being a real active business. So I'm going to talk to Craig today about uh, what our vision is and importantly what his vision is and why it's important to build communities and how the global movement of mentorship is operating and how important it is to actually have a mentor and what are the skills that are required in a mentor and seeking a mentor and how do we go about at mentor.com finding these mentors for you, the business consumer, the person who's going to consume business knowledge. Um, what's the deal and why it's okay to... To be in business, why it's okay to be ambitious, why it's okay to have a side hustle, and why it's okay to ask for help. So let's get into it. Greg West, my CEO, welcome to the mentor, mate. Thanks for having me. I know. I mean, it's a bit unusual. Um, normally, we have guests here, um, and I mean, obviously, you're a guest, but it's a bit <laughs> hard to be a guest in in our own um, in our own podcast. And and. The reason why we're doing this, I mean, to anyone who's listening out there today, is the reason we're doing this one today is that it's the end of the year, or sort of the end of the year, and it'd be, we thought it'd be a good opportunity to just sit down and put ourselves out there and stand in front of you, you the audience, and explain to you what it is that we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. We're not going to talk to people about our business model and all that sort of stuff, because we'll leave that to another occasion, but... What we're trying to explain to you is why we are doing what we're doing. What is this problem that we've seen and what's, what is it we are trying to solve? And some other time we'll talk about how we're going to solve it. But what is the problem that sort of exists out there, not only in Australia, but across the world? So I thought I'd invite Craig West in today. Craig's the CEO of mentor.com.au. That's the business that owns the mentor, the podcast, the TV show, and various other things. Um, and Craig has a lot of experience in this environment, um, which is why i employed him as CEO after a long search. Um, he also does a podcast here called what's it called SME Experts. Yeah, yeah SME Experts. Which yeah. we sponsor, we own, it's our idea. Um, SME Experts is a small to medium enterprise expert. Um, and Craig is the, the guy that does does those interviews with SME Experts. Those SME Experts are people that uh, we find and we accredit through our training programs, et cetera, at uh, Mentor at mentored.com.au. So it's all part of an ecosystem. Um the guy is very experienced. He has a lot of experience as a chart accountant, a chart accountant, yeah, mm-hmm. for many, many years. And the thing is, um, you know, chartered accountants are probably seen as that your most trusted advisor today in the community. When I did the digital task force for the treasurer at the beginning of the year of this year, and he's now that treasurer now happens to be the Prime Minister. So it wasn't for Fryenberg, it was for Morrison. The, our findings were, were that the most trusted advisor for small business owners in this country is their accountant. And probably that's because accountants aren't seen as having an agenda. Um, probably is because accountants aren't seen as being very good at sa- sales sa- salesmen or saleswomen, and therefore they're not trying to sell something else. They're actually giving advice and trying to help people. So Craig has a long history of being involved in the accounting practices, and then he's had a long history after that of advising small business owners how to do certain things in relation to their business, you know, like uh, you know, bootstrap their business and improve their business and play defensive with their business and uh, ensure their business and arrange for what happens when they're finished doing business and they want to hand it on to their kids or they want to hand it on to their management or they, indeed they want to sell it. So that's why I got Craig in as the CEO of Mentored because he has vast experience in helping small to medium enterprises run the businesses, start up the businesses, and indeed sell the businesses. That's why he's here. So I've got the guy standing here on my right. He's the dude. So let's just go right back to the very beginning. What's the problem out there with small medium enterprise? I mean, what's the problem, in at least in this country? We've got how
1: many? Some yeah, many there's owners. look, there's over 2 million small businesses in Australia. And I think the yeah, problem is – Can I just is... stop
0: there for sec, mate? You know what is funny? When I did the digital task force, the ATO, the commissioner of the ATO, uh, Chris Jordan, came and saw me, and he said to me – In their view, there's actually five and a half million small business owners. Now, I know the Australian Bureau of Statistics talking about two point one or two point two, whatever it is. That's been a statistic's been running for a long time. The ATO has a different number. Yep. But so let's take the lowest number. Yep. But even if it's, but if you know, to our listeners, imagine if there's there actually is five and a half million small SMEs out there in this country.
1: Yeah, it's massive. That's, That's
0: ridiculous. That's so many, uh, on a relative basis, relative yeah. to our total population, that's crazy. It's 20%. So it's, a, it's a 20% of the population. It's huge. Um, and I know Australia, on a per capita basis, has one of the biggest small business communities in the world, in the developed world. And I also know that um, the psychology of Australia um, is, and it goes right back to the convict times, the convicts were uneducated. They were released from their um, uh, from their convict status after a certain period when they came to Australia, and then they were sort of released into the community, and they became small business owners. They became farmers. They became, um, you know, p- people who make horseshoes, what do you call those people, whatever they are called, smiths, blacksmiths. Yeah. Um, they became all those sorts of trades because they couldn't be anything else because they, you know, they couldn't yeah. become, become a judge or a lawyer or something like that because they didn't have the – the training to do it, nor any any sort of education for that matter. So Australia's fabric is about doing that, going back from convicts. And then when you look at our massive immigration, because we have this incredibly diverse mix of people living in this country, most of them are immigrants, like my parents, for example. They came here and they, again, they had no education because they left, you know, my dad left war, war-torn Europe. They come here, again, they have to make their way as business people. So we have a business culture and we have a can-do-it culture in Australia we're not, we shouldn't be just be best known for our sporting abilities and drink and foster's beer and whatever. We should be best known for our ability to get up and have a crack. So it's a big deal in this country,
1: but all of a sudden that big deal has become a big problem. Now, mate, what's some of the experiences you've seen? Well, I think the big thing is it's bloody hard work to own and run a small business because people go into business, as you said, you know, you go into business because you're really good at doing something specific. I'm a really good air conditioning mechanic, or I'm really good at designing ads for media. But that doesn't make me really good at accounting. It doesn't make me really good at HR. I and mean, then I've got to understand law and tax and superannuation. And you can't Marketing. know all that. You can't know all that stuff. You're good at fixing air conditioners because you're you know you're a refrigeration mechanic. But it doesn't help you with all those other areas. So
0: Can I just do you think that the reason why people they go into business be, is because they're good at fix, fixing air conditioners? Or do you reckon they go into it because or there are other other reasons? Is it because, is it because they can't work for a boss? Yeah, I think. You know, because, you know, we say, oh, fuck the boss. I want to do this myself. You know, I'm sick of being told what to do. I reckon I can do it better than him or her um, or or, alternatively. I just can't work in that environment. My psyche is that I can't work in the environment where someone's Order me around to do what I want to do, or I want to be responsible for all the mistakes myself. What What are your experience? Give me some of the examples. I think they're good at go
1: they're good at being a refrigeration mechanic, and they think they can do a better job. They don't want to work for someone. They want to have the, have a crack, as what you said before. They want to go out and do it on their own, see how they can go and prove themselves. Australians love having a go. So if I'm a good refrigeration mechanic, I want to go out and have my own business, and I want to start. I want to try and make some money. People often think there's a bit of freedom and flexibility in owning a business, which there is, but it's also bloody hard work because when the phone rings at seven o'clock at night for someone to fix a fridge, they're ringing you and you're at home having dinner with the kids, bad luck. You've got to get in the van and go and sort it out. So, you know, I, I was in an accounting practice. I was a good accountant. I was doing really well. Thought I could Working do better. Working for someone else. Working for someone else in a small firm in Pyrmont, Uh Thought I could do better than what they were doing. Uh, wanted to have a go on my own, so I went out and did it on my own. Bloody hard in the first six months, I made bugger all money. All the money I made, I plowed back into the business to re- restart. Then I employed someone. I mean, it's a typical story. Whether you're in refrigeration or accounting, it's the same model. So, you know, go out and have a crack. Have a go at it. Grow the business. You employ someone. Then you've got other problems because now I've got an employee. And every now and then she rings in sick or he rings in sick. Every now and then they've got to have two weeks holiday, so I've suddenly got to do two people's jobs. Those things are what makes it hard for small business owners. You know, I'm still a good accountant, but it's not running an accounting firm anymore. It's dealing with people, and now I've got to do my own advertising. And you know, suddenly the internet comes along and Facebook and social media, and I don't know anything about that, so I've got to learn that as well. I think the theme is there's just so many different things to learn. It constantly changes. They're the problems.
0: Let's just they Just go back and examine just a little bit. I mean, why? why I mean, I, I'm just interested. You've observed lots of small businesses in your time. Um, the psyche of people who come to this country, whether they're born here or they uh, or just arrive here. I mean, well, I mean, I know people who work at Macquarie Bank who can't wait to get out of Macquarie Bank. They get paid quite well, but they can't wait to get out of there to work for themselves. Yep. And, and particularly these days, they're all, especially the younger ones, they're all got ideas about what they want to do. And they're all got like the, you know, the, what they call the side hustle. Um, yeah. you know, something on the side. Uh, I th- my gut feeling is there's a a new wave of people who want to work for themselves, an additional wave of people who look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whoever it is and they say, "Buddy, hell, I want to be like that." I mean, is it do you reckon? It's, I mean, like, this is dig into this a little bit. Do you reckon it's driven by a greed, or do you reckon it's um? Em, like just naked ambition or um or is I want to be like that or what, what or is it resentment working for the man, in other words, you know because i 'm f- stuck in a compliance
1: or em- environment i can 't be creative
0: what what are the, some of the things that you see I think
1: culturally now there 's a whole generation of younger people coming through that have seen Mark Zuckerberg and seen there 's countless examples of all those people that have done real lessons there 's heaps of them you know there 's Australian examples, most Australians know good, successful Australian business people that have just had a go. You know, I read an article last night about Russell Kogan from Kogan. You know, Mm -hmm. he's done fantastically well. Um, And, you know, I think younger people are looking at that and saying, geez, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. Um, it looks easy from the outside. It looks like, okay, I'll go and set up a website. I'll set up a few accounts. Open I'll break account. out of a garage. Let's go. It's not hard. You know, Bill Gates started in a garage. I'll do that as well. Mm, that will make it sound really romantic. Well. Exactly. It sounds really cool. And I've got a bit of flexibility and I am, I'm the man then. I'm not working for the man. I am the man. And that's great for the first week. And then you go, shit, I've got no money in the bank. I've worked 98 hours last week. I've got one customer and they're not happy because I didn't deliver on time. And suddenly it's not as glamorous anymore. And then you get down to the reality. But I think Australians are good at the reality because it means hard work. And I think, you know, Australians are pretty well known for having a go and happy to work hard. And that started with, you know, the the European immigrants after the war came out here, they built half the country because that's their background and that's what they did. And then we saw the Vietnamese and Southeast Asian immigrants after the Vietnam War, they came out, you know, those people have been really successful. Their natural tendency is to go into small business. And I mean, it's not an Australian thing; it's global. There's lots of small businesses around the world that are that are growing and being successful, and it's off the back of really hard work. And I think you know, younger people are seeing that they're okay with hard work. I think most young people are comfortable with that; they've got to do that. But they like the idea of having a go at something and trying something out, and that's what they're doing now: is learning more about it. Most of the certainly when I went to university back in the 80s, no such thing as entrepreneurship courses. It was the word you'd never heard in universities. Every university in Australia has got multiple streams of entrepreneurship, small business, you know, capital raising. You can do all that now at uni. You never used to be able to do that. And I think they're doing it at uni because there's now a demand for it. People are asking to find out more about how do I get into a small business? How do I start? Well, let's what just talk about that for a second. Yeah, let's just talk about these courses at university.
0: I reckon they're all bullshit. Now, with the greatest respect, um, I think as universities tapping into the revenue stream – and, absolutely, uh, and uh, you know, because to be honest, here the best the best course of entrepreneurship is actually doing it, doing it yourself. Yeah, it's absolutely. not going to learn about it, learning about what someone else has done, because you just lost three years of the opportunity to do it yourself and making your own mistakes, and you've and you come out owing seventy five thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um, and my gut feeling is, if you're going to university do an entrepreneurship degree, I mean, it's just my feeling, unless you've got a game on whilst you're doing the course. In other words, you're just doing it just to get a few tidbits. By the way, you get all the, the same tidbits you're going to get from university you're going to get from listening to this podcast or other people's podcasts or yeah. following other people on Instagram and just picking up bits and pieces. Um, you know, while the, the time you're spending, to, sitting for me, sitting down doing your assignment and uh, and the money you have to spend to do this. I, look, and it's, it's by the way, it's our model. Mentored, our model is we're actually there to disrupt those university degrees, those courses, because – you know, you you should be able to learn what you need to learn in five-minute packages, ten lots of packages, and it should cost you, you know, no more than 50 bucks a month or 60 bucks a month. It shouldn't be costing you $75,000 and you it to no. the government. You've got to pay it out of your wages for the rest of your bloody life. That's just bullshit. For me, that is a government sucking on the teat of people's, um, you know, desires and ambitions to be, in business for themselves. It pisses me off. I'm really pissed off with about it. And someone has got to get up off their ass and make a change. And, I mean, to some extent, it's one of the things we're tackling with Mentor. Yeah. We're trying to build cheap, relevant, fast, dynamic, burst, 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 burst courses for the price that everyone can afford. But only relevant. In other words, yeah. only what you need to know. You're not going to see it on Instagram, but you're going to find it on what we do, and that's part of our proposition. But I, I and I and but what you've just hit on is quite interesting. What when the government responds? You know, the government being the Department of Education responds with courses on entrepreneurship. You know that there is a new trend. Hmm.
1: That's the point. That's the There's point. There's a demand for they're
0: it. it. They're making it, they're calling a trend. Yeah. Um, of course they're not. They're, they're not capitalizing it from the entrepreneur's point of view. They're capitalizing it from their own point of view. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. And, and those courses, I've seen some of those courses, guys come out of university with a degree in, you know, a Bachelor of Entrepreneurship, whatever it is. What the fuck? Like, um, yeah. I mean, entrepreneur is a mindset. Yeah. It's not what you know. It's not Absolutely. a knowledge thing. It's a mindset. It's about the ability to take risk. Um, it's the ability to be able to be tenacious. It's the ability to be uh, resilient. You can't teach that at university. No. You can't no. teach resilience at university. You can't teach tenacity at university. You can't teach the mindset of, you know, getting up every uh, Monday morning going back to work when you, when you, well, you just said, you know, you've got you know, $98 in the bank and um, you've got wages to pay and you've you know, got deadlines to meet and all that sort of stuff when you're working for yourself. You can't teach that shit. And by the way, with the greatest respect again, those lecturers at university, they've never even done it before. No. They're, they you know, they got uh, university tenure. They're professors at university, and they get paid a wage every week. I mean, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they don't, they're not getting paid based on the number of students who they come, who they sort of get into their classes, and uh, therefore, and get a bonus based on the number of students who are successful as entrepreneurs. That should be the, the model for that. To for me to know that works. Mm. I wouldn't let one of my kids do one of those courses. Anyway, great respect to everyone who runs this thing. Good on you, go for it. Um, I'm sure you're killing it. Um, but for me, it's not where it's at. It's yeah. all you're doing is um, leveraging the symptoms of the system. And so let's have a look. At, let's have a look at um, some. You know, because uh, what I want to try and do here, Craig, is um, establish to the people listening, it's okay to want to work yourself. I, I we'll, we'll talk catch up talk about the problems in a second, but it's okay to feel like you don't want to work for Macquarie Bank anymore. It's okay to have a side hustle. It's okay to have an ambition. When I was growing up, it was never okay. Yeah, you worked in an accounting firm, a law firm, mate. You you got to be knackered, so knackered when you finish work that you don't have any time or or the ability to work on something else on the yeah, side. Side hustles to go to sleep. You get you maybe <laughs> you Didn't go to bed. Yeah, and uh, because you've got to work for me, I'm paying you, and you better work for me 24 hours. Well, you know, basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, the side hustle has made us. The the, the the new world has made a lot of us feel a little bit guilty about that sort of work on the side. I mean, like you know, I I'm I'm the chairman of a listed public company. Um. My shareholders will get the shits with me, do get the shits with me if they see I'm doing something else like mentored. Yep. Because they say, well, how dare you? How could you possibly do it? Well, well, I tell you, I do it. I'll give you your 40 hours a week, but I'll do another 40 hours a week on other stuff. Yeah. I'll make the decision how many hours of the night I'm going to sleep, and I'll make a decision which days of the week I'm going to work. Yep. And I don't have to work from 9 till 5. I can work from 6 till 10 at 6 a.m. to 10 at night. Yeah. And then I'll choose what I do
1: within every hour. And I think the technology changes allowed us to do that. That allows, I mean, me, allows me, me. to When I relax. left school, when we left the office, there was no email. Con- there was nothing. No, there was no telephones. So you couldn't get contacted after hours. I, I left the office at five thirty. There was no way clients could contact me till the next morning at nine o'clock. How good was that? It's fantastic, but it doesn't work like that anymore. Which is why people are doing things on the side. Why they've got a business they run after hours at home because they can do that now. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, you can, uh, you know,
0: even if it's your lunch hour, you're working, you know, at uh, KPMG, and it's your lunch hour, you should really do what you want. You, you, you should be able to answer 20 emails for another business you're doing on the side, which you're resuming at 5 p.m. I think the world's changing really, really rapidly. And so, you know, if you're a listener, don't feel guilty about your, your ambitions to have a side hustle or a business on the side, or one day a business which takes over your current job. Mm-hmm. So, let, let's sort of look at can we just look at this for a second? Like, uh, you know, like uh, small business owners, a bit like, um, you know, do they. Run a risk if they've got ambitions to do a whole heap of other things. Let's say, for example, I own a news agent, and um, but I have a an ambition to, I don't know, to be an influencer on Instagram, make my money out of out of Instagram. Um, yep. What do you think about that? Like, what, I mean, what do you think about that mentality? Do you think that's? Let's look at the risks and dangers, and look at the upsides. I mean. How do you, How would you advise someone? Let's say someone comes along and says, "Look, I'm a news agent. I'm on the corner. Blah blah blah. News agency's not going great, but it's you know pays pays the bills, pay, you know, gets the kids through school and pays puts food on the table. But really, um, you know, I'm uh, I got some special talent, and um, I I think I can become an influence on Instagram, and I think I can make money. out. I think I make an extra thousand bucks a week out of it. But I saw saw something on Current Affair last night about people making money on the side on YouTube videos on yep. YouTube channels. Yep. YouTube, whatever, Instagram, it's all the same fucking thing, you know, like uh, they're all just platforms, yeah. whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever, it doesn't make any no difference. If you can make money on the side using your
1: image and something that
0: interests people, that's fine.
1: What do you think about that? How I mean, how do people manage those sorts of processes? I think business changes all the time, whether, whether you're the CEO of a listed public company or whether you're in a small news agency in the suburbs somewhere, that business changes. You know, news agents used to have a monopoly on stationery and gift cards and all that, so that's gone. Buy stationery in office works. They'll deliver it in two hours. So news agents can't rely on that anymore. So if you're a news agent or any other business, you have got to recognise what changes are happening. the The world's changing. Your business is going to change. If you think you can make a bit of extra money by doing something on side, I reckon keep the news agency there, keep it running, let it let it, that, that can be your base, so you know you've got a base income. But have a crack at the other thing. Let's see how it goes. The risks of doing that are pretty low now. Well, yeah, so you don't need it- a lot of capital. It's easy to do. It's pretty quick. Have a crack at it. See and how it works. And the if risk of
0: not doing is a problem. Correct. You're there's, losing. There's yeah, an equal absolutely. risk of not doing opportunity something. Opportunity risk there. Because you, yeah, lost opportunity. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're worried about the risk of doing something, think about the risk of not doing something. Um, you know, Am I going to run myself into the ground? Is someone just going to suck all my creative juices or are the business going to suck all my creative juices out or just e- exhaust me to such an extent that I'll never actually create anything on my own account? something and, and or something that I really find interesting and or something that is new and cool and um uh, and, and and relevant and current yeah i mean that, that, so there's there's the risk of doing something equally there's a risk of not doing something and you always should think about that i mean is that your experience Craig? like
1: people Tend to think about what I'm going to do as opposed to what happens if I don't do something. Yeah, and then they get resentful and they, they regret the fact that they didn't actually have a go because it's, you know, as they get on in life or they're a bit older or their financial needs change, they can't do that now. You know, when you're young or you've got an opportunity like that, you can do it then. And if you fuck it up and you have to go back and start again, well, at 28 years old, that doesn't really matter. At 60 years old, that does matter. That's, yeah. that's a problem. You can't do it then. So, yeah, I reckon have a go at it early, go fast. Go hard, yeah. work hard at it, and you know if you've gone down the wrong path, which often we do, you make mistakes, everybody does that, turn around and fix it up and get on with it. If it doesn't work, you're still going to be okay because you're only a young fella Or a young girl. It. And you're learning something. You can make mistakes, learn from it, go and do it again. I want to talk about the concept
0: of the risks of failure because, I mean, when you do do something or if you don't do something, you'll fail in something as well. So I want to talk about risks and failure. And, and, and how we learned about it. And then, then I want to get on to what are the issues around small businesses that exist today and some of the stuff. And what is Mentor.com doing? I mean, what, what's your vision? What's your plan for Mentor.com.au in order to try and solve some of these issues? I'm here talking to uh, Craig West. Craig's the CEO of mentor.com.au. So the mentored.com.au owns the podcast, The Mentor. It owns the TV show and various other things. It owns a platform as well. And we're talking about sort of what we wanted to get into is why I set this up originally um, and what's Craig's vision going for the future. Um, And to do that, we need to identify where the problem is and what the opportunities are for us because obviously we want to make money as well. But what are the opportunities for us? First and foremost, what's the problem? And the problem that Craig and I are just sharing with you is that um, people, generally speaking, in small business come up a lot against a lot of hurdles and they're highly criticized. It's a very sensitive environment. You only have to make the smallest mistake to have the biggest or the gravest of outcomes. So, you know, the risk, the risk, um, the probability and the risk are quite heavy um, in terms of, uh, you know, the outcomes. And, And therefore, you know, we've come up with what we consider to be some solutions. And one of the things we just talked about earlier on was, you know, that education piece. How do we educate ourselves? How do we get to learn about things on the run? And mentor.com.au is is sort of like a a bit of a disruptor in that we are trying to take on the institutions, universities in terms of what we offer people. We want you to be able to learn stuff in five minutes. That's it. We want you to be able to learn everything about uh, marketing in five lots of five minutes. That's it. We don't want you going to have to do a university course and get a degree in entrepreneurship and listen to some jibber up there telling you about it and cost you 75000 We want you to do it like for $60, $70 a month and over a five-month period. Boom, end of story. Um, but equally, there's a really important part, and Craig's you know big on this. It's this concept of actually guiding small business owners and or startups and or entrepreneurs, guiding them to run their business on things that they have do not have the skills or will never possess the skills to do. And that's what we call this movement of what we like to refer to as mentorship. We think it's a global movement and or it should become a global movement. And we're going to make it one. We're going to make it a global movement. Craig, in your experience as an accountant, accountants are always advising people on all sorts of things. Their clients, because their clients are looking for just affirmation or they want someone to ask them the questions or they're just looking for sort of like senior seen your shoulder to sort of rest on and, uh, and to get some sort of um, comfort more than anything. And you've been now training a number of mentors at mentor.com.au. And you've been accrediting people and they get accredited in various disciplines. And you might just explain the disciplines are in a second. But why do you think these individuals in these disciplines become so important? Because they're not just there to give you five minutes worth of advice. They're there for, hopefully, if you like them, you're there for a long, long time period of time. We've all experienced it, but I've had these people in my life. We're now breaking this down into smaller parts. So explain to me what are the various skills that you think are important for running a business and why is it impossible for anyone to be expert in all of them or very good at all of them? And how is it we're going to solve that problem?
1: I think to start with the accounting analogy, you know, as an accountant, yeah, obviously I was asked about cash flow and finances and funding and those sorts of things, but I was also asked by clients, you know, which one of these three people should I employ? How should I do my marketing here? You know, what do I do about this new HR law? Now I'm an accountant, not a HR expert, but you're right, people want someone they trust to give them the answers and to just sort of check things, run things past. What about this idea? What do you think of that? What I think is important now is there's a whole stack of different areas of expertise that business owners need to be across. It's not just accounts and financials. It's HR and marketing and digital, and you know how do you deal with all the taxation and so on as well? How do you deal with all the workers' compensation and legal issues, the insurances? You know, OH&S rules have changed yet again, so owners of businesses are more and more susceptible and more liable if something goes wrong. So you've got to know all of that, and even accountants. You know, we're sort of a bit of a GP type. We sort of know yeah, a little yeah. bit about all of that. That's a good g- yeah, we've got a bit of a bit of an idea around most of those things, but every now and then we go, you know what? I'm not an expert in that. You really need to go and see a specialist, the same as your GP does. You know, If you need heart surgery, your GP's not going to do it. They're going to say, go and see a heart surgeon because that's all he does. So occasionally as an accountant, I used to say to people, listen, I'm not an expert in digital marketing, but I know a guy who is. You go and talk to him because he'll help you sort that out. Mentoring's quite similar to that. It's a little bit of triage and diagnosis around what is the problem here? What's actually going on? Because sometimes as a small business owner, you actually don't know what you don't know. So you come into your accountant and say, listen, I'm not making any money. That could be because of 50 different things. It could be because you've got crap marketing and you're not getting enough sales leads. It could be because you're actually a crap salesman. Well, your costs are too high. Or you've got too many costs, or you've got overheads, or you're not pricing your product properly, and all sorts of other reasons. So, you know, there's a bit of diagnosis up front to work out what the problem is. And then it's about getting the right help around you. And that's where we've got mentors that are in all of those different disciplines that are a bit more like specialists there's a few gps in there as well because you need them to sort of say okay well here's what i think's going on but then you need specialists sometimes you just need someone that really knows what they're doing with digital marketing for example and says okay your website's crap your social media is not working your brand looks rubbish you've got four different colored logos let's get all that sorted put it all together then you generate the lead you need to solve your profit problem That's the kind of advice that business owners are really looking for. But I think the thing
0: is- How do you find these mentors? I mean, how's mentored.com sort of finding these individuals who are good at these specialty skills?
1: Yeah, there's two things. Some of them are coming to us and saying, that looks pretty cool. How do I get involved? Which is great because they're seeing what we're doing. They're seeing social. They're seeing the website. They're talking to people. They've seen some case studies on social where people are saying, I went to mentored and got help with this particular problem. They're then coming to us and saying, well, I'm actually good at that. How do I get involved? then we run them through the accreditation program. But we're also out there looking for people because we need, we need two things. We need people all over Australia. There are small businesses in every country, town, every city. They're not just all in the Sydney CBD. They're all over the place. So we need people in all sorts of locations. As mentors. As mentors. But we also need people with different expertise. So you know, yeah, we know a whole
0: lot of people who are just um, experts on sort of GST or something.
1: That's right. You need you need a variety of different disciplines. I had a guy well, the other day. I had a guy go. the other day that emailed me at Mentored and said, "Look, I'm just starting to look at exporting my uh, product into Southeast Asia. I need help with two things: foreign exchange and funding, because he doesn't have any idea about how you do that, and that's seriously risky and complicated. And two, I actually need to know how do I go about freight and customs and handling all the logistics of doing it. Now, that's not an area I'm an expert in, but that's a good example. That business is going really well. It's expanding. He's been successful. He's starting to export, which is great for the economy and for him and his family, but he needs some help and he needs specialist help. He needs someone that knows what they're doing because that's not a general sort of query. So people come to us with things like that. We often get people come to us and say, look, I've got a problem. You know, I've got a bass due shortly and I haven't got the cash in the bank to do it. And I've normally had a casual overdraft with the bank, but now they're saying, can't do that anymore. How do I fund that? Should I go to a short-term lender? Should I get my family to put money in? What do I do?
0: And like, is it some And we have relationships relationships with people like Prosper, etc. Yeah, and so that's th- where we can benefit. That's yeah.
1: where we can sort of say to them, "Well, we've got an answer for you. Go and talk to these guys. That's what they do."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, 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 and and how do we get? I mean, the big game here is to get the community of small business owners to understand there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Absolutely. And so, I mean, like, because a lot of small business owners tend to think to themselves, oh shit, I'm embarrassed. Like, I don't think anyone I think everyone else is okay. Like, and I am to be the only one who's struggling with my BAS payment, or I'm the only one um who doesn't understand how to um, you know, do a letter of credit because
1: I want to yeah. import
0: something or I want to export something. I have no idea how to manage the foreign exchange. When in actual fact, fucking no one knows. Everybody's
1: got that problem. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got the same problem.
0: <laughs> and uh and and the objective of building a community of people on mentor.com.au is actually for people to get in there and ask questions online, like on, on the website, which allows you to go and say, oh, hang on, there's someone who doesn't know that. that there's someone else similar to me. Yeah. Um, and there's an answer. And maybe I'm gonna that person who gave that answer, that mentor who gave that answer, I might uh, directly message that uh, particular mentor and ask them, could, they, could I come and see them, spend 10 minutes with them? Absolutely. I'll give you a good example. My, 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 my mother recently passed away, and my dad um, was asking me about the pension um, only on the weekend, and oh, I have no idea how all the pension works. You know what the minimum number, of, maximum number of assets you can own, and you know when does the pension cut out? And because you know my dad's got money on deposit from his super, you know because he's in his eighties, but you know the interest rate you earn today is is Pretty nothing. Ordinary, yeah. I mean, you, he couldn't live on it, right? Yeah. It's just not just not possible. Um, and so he needs the pension. And he, in my view, he's entitled to the pension because he's bloody worked all his life hard in a factory. He should get the pension and pay his taxes. Um, but he asked me the question. I have no idea. But what I did for him was actually found an expert in the Yellow Brick Road So I went and found one of my guys who's an expert on pensions. Yep. And Dad felt a bit embarrassed about the whole thing. And I said, Dad, I don't know this shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was supposed to know this sort of stuff. I don't know this sort of stuff. It's fine. And in my own organization, there was only five guys. We've got 280 planners out there. There's only five guys who understood this area and only one in New South Wales. And so w- what I concluded was, wow, it's a problem that must exist for so many people. Yep. Um, and so many people must think they're the only people in person in the world who doesn't understand it. Um, and it means a lot. Like it's, it's life changing. Whether you get the pension or not, and you, you, if you don't say the right thing to the government when you're trying to apply for the pension, Absolutely. you fuck it gone. up forever. Yeah, gone. Um, so, and it's sort of like a an interesting thing. And you know, there's here's this guy we I'm getting in. Um, to tell, help. He's going to see me next week, but he's an expert, and it sort of reminded me when I was thinking about this morning of, of doing the podcast. It reminded me how important it is to have experts because my dad feels so relieved to have it fixed. He's totally Absolutely. relieved. You know, yeah. the, he said, "Oh shit, I can ask somebody else, and and someone can send and ask me all the questions. What it is." And then they can work out a solution together. Um, so mentors do that sort of stuff for small business owners. Because small business owners think, shit, it is the loneliest place in the world. And Absolutely. Think, I'm the only dumb bastard who doesn't understand how to use Instagram. Well, mate, anyone out there listening, if you think you're the person, I fucking don't understand. I've got all these experts in the world trying to explain to me every day. And every day I'm sending emails back to Craig saying, why haven't we aren't fucking doing this? And someone else is <laughs> doing it. So and like, we have the same issue. Absolutely. So, but we at least we employ people who can tell us how to do it. Um, so what we're trying to say to you is mentor.com. What we're trying to do here is actually provide you with experts who you can reach out to
1: and maybe once a month see them once every two months, whatever you want to do, once, doesn't matter. Yeah. is that is that the dangerous thing about the you know the Aussie um, culture around having a go and so on is is also dangerous because what comes with that is she'll be right, mate. Yeah, I'll be right. I'll fix it. Don't worry about. I don't know. Any, you know, I don't know fucking anything about Instagram, but I'll fix it. You can't. I can fix do that. Yeah. It. You don't know that. Yeah. You don't know the answer. And, and it changes know, all the time too. The guy exporting and dealing with foreign exchange. I asked him about. You know, has he spoken to anyone about hedging his risk? And I was, And he looked at me like I'd... currency risk. Yeah. And he, you know, he's talking millions of dollars. We're not talking small amounts of money. We're talking millions of dollars. U.S. currency into China, you know, three currencies. If that goes wrong, that could cost him a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, if
0: Donald Trump does something mad no idea what I overnight, exactly. uh, he could lose exactly.
1: 20, 30% of his dough. And he hadn't thought about it. No one had asked him. His bank hadn't even... He asked the bank about how to send money to the U.S. They didn't mention the word hedging or protection or anything like that because they don't care about that. That's well, by the way, no, they're not allowed to say it anymore because it looks like they're trying to sell him something. Correct. <laughs> so he's got a problem. Um, and that's, that's just a simple example. But there's so many times where people have a problem and they don't reach out and help and then the problem gets worse and it gets more difficult. Cash flows are the most common. People think, oh, I'll be right. It's a bit tight at the moment. Three months later, it's really, really tight. Four months later, you've got to call an administrator. And it's too late. Because it's too late and you can't fix it. You know, you go and see Prosper in week one, they can probably do something for you. You go and see them just before you call an administrator. You've got no chance. They can't help That's you. That's funny. Kerry used to say to me, he used to say, son, um,
0: a few times their money became available to us. Like investors came to us said, we'd like to invest. And I used to say, well, we don't need an investor at the moment. You say, son… Um, when you need investor, I can tell you now they won't come to you. They won't be there, yeah. So if the money is on the table, take the money off the table. And uh, he was a bit like that when he was gambling. He wouldn't sit there and just um, win a big hand like in those days. For him to win a hand that's like you know, $10 million or something, he'd win a massive hand, right? He wouldn't re- reinvest it back into the thing. He'd just take the money off the table and he'd go, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. He did keep gambling, though, until he did win. Yeah. You know, he would. He could tear up $20, 30000000 in, in, in an evening, easy. Um, but if he, if he made a big win, boom, off the table, he'd take it away and he, he'd tip generously. People could get two, $300,000 yep. tips. Um, no, don't, no, absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. But he always took the money off the table and you say, if the money's on the table, take the money off table. So your point is cri- quite right. It's always a good thing um, to get your finances pre-arranged, line of credit pre-approved, yep. et cetera. Um, and and uh, most people do things at the tail end as opposed yeah, to at the, at the front end and that's what advisors are going to do for you. Can I ask you, I mean, do you think that, I mean, I keep thinking this, I want to know whether you think and I probably should have asked this before I employed you, but do you think there is a global movement for mentorship?
1: Absolutely. I think you read, you read a lot of material now and, and there's lots of people, not just in business, everywhere, sports people, all sorts of things where, you know, they've always looked for someone to help them, someone to ask questions, someone to guide them, or even just someone to watch and say, geez, that didn't work very well. I can learn from that. Yeah. So I think that that's moving through more and more. And I think people are, business people are starting to be a little bit okay now with asking for help. They're used to asking for help in certain areas, but not in all areas. So you just said there's a
0: structural change in the way we think, Yeah, mindset. I think
1: so. Absolutely. I think you've got, to, you've got to look at that. But I think the big thing is that it's not about theory and education and you know all that sort of stuff anymore. It's about practical tips. I just finished reading up Neil Armstrong's story, The First Man on the Moon. He said in there, he was talking to NASA and they were showing him all the theories about how the spacecraft was going to work. And he said, stop, stop, stop. Get me a simulator. I need to sit in it and use it and crash it so I learn how not to do it on the moon. Now, I thought that was a really interesting analogy because it's about practical application. It's not about the theory. I can show someone the theory of foreign exchange. It doesn't help them hedge their money going to China. Mm. They need to know how to actually do it. So in our view, in my view, Mentor's about practical, usable resources, tips, tools, checklists, templates, that people can actually grab hold of and use in their business straight away, quickly and easily. I don't need to teach someone the theory. I need to teach them how to use it and benefit from it in their business. And the
0: first thing, though, to, they're great, but we've got to get people to accept that it's okay to ask yeah, or go somewhere to find out. Um, and, I mean, the internet has been a great provider of that, I mean, the, a great enabler of that type of thing, but still there's a stack of people who still don't use the internet or don't know how to use the internet to enable themselves. And I mean I, I, I sort of liken it to this, um, you know, people are becoming much more open to accepting things like um doing meditation, et cetera, In other yeah. words, um, and accessing, you know, digital um uh apps or apps generally speaking to help you meditate. You don't physically have to go to a meditation class, but it's probably a good idea but you might not have the time. But but people are actually getting the apps that actually help you meditate people becoming much more open particularly younger people people becoming much more open to help yeah other people helping you help yourself yep. and to me this global movement of mentorship or people wanting to get help or as a community seeking to get help and seeking to get help within their own community from their own community from within their own community um it's not unlike in business I'm talking about, it's not unlike the same sort of movement that exists in the world today about people sharing how they feel about themselves. Yeah. And people, like when I was growing up, you would never say to anybody, oh, I cool. feel a bit down. No, it's not cool. Or I had a shit day. Yeah. Um, uh, then you just went and had half a dozen beers after work and you went over and grumbled to your wife um, or your husband. Um, it was usually the husband grumbling to the wife though. And you, you never shared anything how you feel. And to some extent, what we are talking about here in terms of a global movement of mentorship, we're transporting the way people interact between themselves on personal matters into business. Business shouldn't be any different. Business is about personal matters. I remember once many, many years ago, I was involved in a, in a, in a dispute where the person I was in dispute with um, said to me, Mark, what are you so upset about? This is not personal. This is business. But the amount of money was so significant to me. I said, if I don't, if somehow I don't get the money that you owe me, my personal life will be fucked. Yeah. So that's not business. That's about very as, related. That's about as personal <laughs> as you can get. Yeah. And that concept of, of um, splitting personal things from business is bullshit. Business is personal and personal is business as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Or I might not be anything to do with um, whether I love someone or I don't love someone, but. But it, it, it's a, your business affairs are incredibly personal. It's about how you feel about yourself. It's about your mentality. It's how you rate yourself, how you, fa- you think your family rates you. It's what puts food on the table. It's um, yeah, it, To some extent, it's how we address ourselves. Um, um, it, we identify ourselves. We maybe shouldn't identify ourselves, but it is a part of the way we identify ourselves. It's our story. And our story is the most important thing in, in the world to us. I mean, everyone has a fucking story. And, and what we do, our purpose in life, uh, uh, you know, what we do from day to day, our undertaking is a huge part of our story. Yeah. So if anyone ever say, this is business, this is not personal, fuck off. And when it comes to being prepared to ask questions about or, or share how you feel personally, but not share how your business is going, that's stupid. And what we're trying to tap into here is, and and what we're trying to enhance is that the way you share how you feel about your personal life, you should also be prepared to share that in relation to your business life. And and what do you worry about? Someone's going to know about something? Well, fuck me. I mean, the the ATO and the government knows everything about you anyway. Absolutely. They know every single thing you do. And the banks know everything you do. The banks know every transaction you make. Yeah. The government knows every transaction you make. So you might as well share it and, and get
1: solutions so you can be better at it. What do you think about that? That's the key is to get the help, you know, if you need help. And even if you don't need help, even if you're not sure, to just go, look, I've got this idea or I've got this new product or I want to try X. Running that past three or four people that you know that have got some expertise and experience, save you a lot of drama, save you a lot of trouble. And you're absolutely right. They can't be separated. You know, you've seen all the stuff out of the Royal Commission around people have lost homes, farms, because their business went bad and they didn't have a – well, that's personal – let me tell you, that's totally. personal. <laughs> that's that's not business. That's personal. Well, the lies are upside down. Absolutely, you can't pay the kids' school fees, so they have got to change schools when they're you know approaching the HSC. I saw one not long ago. I mean, that that's serious effect on your family. So yeah, you can't separate it. But I think you can actually learn to step out and ask for help. And and and, talk th- to people. and that's sort of what I'm talking about. This mentorship movement.
0: I mean, it's 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 a, a,
1: a, believe me, it's a global movement.
0: You know, I'm not saying you, Scott, uh, uh, you create believe me. I'm talking about the people listening. But it is a global movement, and We've got to get part, be part of it. It's it's a bit like um, you've got to be an early adopter, because people who are early adopters to Facebook and all the and all the digital stuff, they've done brilliantly out of it. It doesn't it didn't happen overnight. They've mm. do, they've been at it for a long time. If you want to be good at business, small, medium, or large, for that matter, you've got to be an early adopter for everything that's new and relevant. And one of the things that's new and relevant is sharing. And one of the platforms for sharing is this concept of mentorship, particularly for small business owners get involved in that community. And what is the community? We're trying, we're creating one, it's called mentor.com.au. That's one community where you can actually get on there, register, showcase your business, share questions, look at other people's answers. If you want to do a course, do a course. Um, and I mean, who knows where this is going to end up. I mean, we're only just started. this. We've only been, going to, we've only been doing it for a little while, a short period of time. But I mean, well, I don't know where we're going to take it in the end of the day because we're evolving it as, as each day goes on. Oh, but I'm gonna ask you, Craig. I mean, where do you see, I mean, I know you find it an exciting journey. Where do you see this maybe in six months' time? you know where 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 are some of the things that are coming up, for example, I know we're doing a uh, we're doing a thing in the end of February. so what do you think is coming up? what do you, what do you got in your mind?
1: Well, I think to start with my view is every time we help one small business, that makes a significant change. But helping one doesn't excite me, and I know it doesn't excite you. It's about helping as many as we possibly can, but you've got to start with one. And so it's about getting access to small business owners, getting them onto the site, join the community, be part of the movement, have a look at what the resources are, see how you can benefit from that. There's events coming up. As you said, we're doing a masterclass at the end of February, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. We've got uh, online events coming up as well. We're running 100 events with our RSM accountants next year, around 32 different locations. And then there's a whole stack of stuff that's happening online. You know, there's podcasts, as you said. SME Experts podcast got a whole stack of deep dive content for specific topics. So if you're looking at something specific, yeah, it's all free, go and get it. Um, It's all deep dive content around a specific problem that you might have in a business. So you can actually look up that particular area. The same as all the resources on the site now are categorized under different topics. So if you're looking for something to do with exporting, you can find it. If you're looking to something to do with Facebook or social media marketing, you can find it on there. So it's customized to what people actually need help with. And then it's also about working out... Where are people in the journey? Because we've got some people that are about to start a business, got an idea, they're about to go out and do their first product or launch their first event. That's a different world to someone that's 60 years old, they've been in business for 30 years, made good money, and they're looking to sell. So we're working on, we're just about to, actually goes live today, I think, uh, a site where we can actually help people sell their business because that's been a phenomenal Explain that one. Yeah, that's been a big problem. How so, many people sell the business a you, you reckon? Yeah, there's about 150 to 180,000 businesses in Australia transact every year. And at the moment, there's more than that because there's a lot of baby boomers. They're approaching retirement. They've been in business for 20 or 30 years. First baby boomer turned 65 in 2011. A lot of them stayed on working after that, but they can't work forever. They're going to start to have health issues or whatever it is. They look to sell. The business is typically not very well prepared. It hasn't been documented. Everything's in their head because they've always run it their way. You know, done their own thing. They go out and they get a broker. And there's look, you know, like every business, there's good brokers out there, but there's a lot of bad ones as well. A lot of stories you hear about people listing a business for sale never sells, or they're forced to sell it for far less than what they thought it was worth, or what and get it ripped worth. off on the fee. Then they get ripped off. They charge a lot of fees. The deal doesn't go through properly. They don't get paid out properly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And really, they've spent their whole life working out how to build up this asset to sell it, to retire, and live off that proceeds. And they don't get the proceeds That's because a doesn't Because a lot That's of them don't put any super away. Absolutely. Most they, of them don't. You know, most of them save super. the money and put it into the business and say, my business is my super. Yeah. And they never get to access that because they don't sell it properly. So the site we've launched actually manages that for you. It's a bit of a DIY approach, but it's exactly what I said before. It's very practical, hands-on, lots of tools. What's it called? Cool. Uh, it's mentored.business. So if you just go onto the website, mentored.business, you'll be able to, if you're a buyer, you can go and see businesses that you're interested in buying. If you're looking to sell your business, you can go and list it on there. Put the details in. You get all the documents. It'll help you do all the due diligence and all the process part of actually- Do selling we help them business. sell if they want help? Yeah, and if you need help, we've got a team of brokers that are trained, ready to go and help you actually walk through that process because it's, again, it's a little bit of an area with specialization. If you get good advice in that area- you can, you know, 20% extra on the sale price of your business might be enough to make someone's retirement pretty different. Yeah, you and you've had a fair bit of experience in selling businesses, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been doing that for about 10 years. So, yeah. you know, and what I've seen overwhelmingly is business owners not being prepared at all. They don't think about it until they have to. And they have to either because something happens, they have an accident or a sickness or a problem in the family, or because they just get to the point where they're 65 years old and they're tired and they go, right, I've got to get out of here. No preparation, no documents, you know, there's no systems in the business. A lot of the simple, basic stuff we tell people to do now that makes good business sense is just good to get the business. And ready a buyer's to sell.
0: smarter today, too. The buyer's expecting more than they used to. If you go back 20 years, I mean, my made a mum was a business broker, and a buyer, he's, he's just, like if you're selling a cafe or something like that, the buyer would come in and watch the cash register go through for a day or two, and that's usually yeah. be enough due diligence for them. Do buyers expect more stuff today? Than yeah, the buyers are
1: far more discerning. They've got access to far more information because of technology. You know, you can track all that sort of stuff now. And they're also, you know, it's difficult to get funding now. It used to be a lot easier. If you went into a bank, you know, 20 years ago to borrow money to buy a business, it was pretty easy to do. They were throwing money at people yeah. to go and buy businesses. Well, they're not certainly not doing that at the moment. And so that's difficult to get funding. Therefore, they're more fussy. They're more discerning. The, the, that is the banks. The banks want to know more about the business Absolutely. that you're buying, that they're Absolutely. about to lend to, that they're going to take security over.
0: So you, the vendor, you've got to be able to facilitate that because if you can't give them the information that the, that the buyer needs to take to his or her bank, to borrow the money to buy your business, you got no fucking. Yeah, you can't
1: do it. That's right. It's not going to happen. So there's there's a whole area there around helping people get out of their business successfully that we've spent a bit of time and effort working on how we, how we actually help that happen. So that launched today. Yep, that
0: site's live today. Mentored. Mentored dot, dot dot business. Business. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And and but as uh, as 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 I recall, because we had a meeting yesterday, we bought a, but another guy in to do that for us, didn't we? We we bought a
1: business. Yeah, we're working with a guy called Matt Holland, who I'm actually interviewing on SME Experts uh, later this week uh, to have a chat about how he does it. And I think Matt's Matt's a different kind of business broker. You know, he recognizes that the traditional model of business broking is broken. It doesn't work particularly well. And there's a lot of horror stories out there. Matt's got a different way to walk people through this process because it is a process. You know, it's not a one-off event. Unfortunately, people think it's a bit like a house. You know, if you go and get a real estate agent, you list your house, it will sell, mm. but you may not get the right price. And the preparation to sell a house is pretty minor. You know, you paint the gutters, you mow the lawn, you clean things up and you can sell it. Business is not like that. There's a lot more complexity in making a business transaction like that work. So Matt's done a pretty good job of getting a whole process together around how we prepare and then actually help the transaction happen.
0: I reckon it's brilliant. I love it. Um, I uh, Look, ladies and gentlemen, I know, you know, you think this is some sort of like uh, self um situation where I'm actually trying to pump my own business. Well, I fucking am, right? And I've been pumping everyone else's businesses all year long. So I am, but I but I'm, I'm I genuinely believe in it. Craig genuinely believes in it. Um, you know, we've had a full year. It's December now. We had a full year of talking to other people about their businesses and all the shit that they've experienced, we've experienced ourselves. I experience it every day. We experience it every, and I expect to experience it every week and every day for the next couple of years. But one thing is for sure, we've recognized the problem. And it's not just a local problem, it's a global problem. And what we are trying to do is solve for that problem. And that's a problem of education and help. All we have to do is convince people that it's okay to ask. And that's what mentor.com.au is. And I want to thank Craig for coming in today. Mate, thanks very much. You've done a great effort for us this year. You've been a great CEO. Um, I think we're going to have a fantastic two thousand nine ahead of us. Um, we're going to hit some bumps. We're going to run into some yep. sorts of things. Uh, who knows? But It'll be okay. I want to wish you and your family merry christmas. We're going to do some more podcasts coming up, but I just want to say to Craig and the team merry christmas mate. Thanks for having me. It's been great.